Hey, everybody, this is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. nature. On this episode, Mom Reviews Television's <laughs> only plastic brick interlocking competition, Lego Masters. Let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? Well, I'm better than I was a few days ago, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What, do you, what percent do you think your back is at now? I think my back is at a about uh, 75 to 80% today, which I'll take. I'm Ooh. sitting for this recording, which is, that's a big milestone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, as they uh, say, I threw my back out. Um, just, you know, it just feels like a tweak at the time, even though you know something very bad has happened. But um, <laughs> I was lifting something at the gym and I just lost proper form for a split second. And that's, that's all it took in this that's, particular instance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. And it's just it's been you, a long couple of days, though. It was a it was especially the couple of days after the um, the incident were pretty excruciating. If you've never had back spasms, which is what I was experience experiencing, mm. picture the um, picture like the muscle fibers of your lower back and legs as like uh, undercooked spaghetti. And a muscle uh, back spasm is just like somebody sticks a fork in there and starts twisting it. And you say, oh, 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 wow, that hurts. And so your body's response is, oh, it hurts? Okay, I'll make it even tighter then. And it yeah. just is this vicious circle. And you're just, I was literally lying on the floor of the basement just saying, please stop, please stop, please stop. Because oh. you just want to tell your body you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm working with you. Give me a little break. <laughs> I'm doing my best. So it was a couple of days of just basically couldn't sit down um, for longer than a minute and very hard to sleep. But it really makes me value uh, my health uh, on the other side of it. And I have to say, That's right. maybe this is also getting older, but this has happened to me a couple of times before. Um, it really doesn't happen as much as it used to because I get better exercise than I used to. But um you know, in the past, it's just like, it's such despair. And it's just like, is this going to be my life now? And this yes. time I was just like, I'm going to ice it, ice it, ice it. I'm going to take a leave. I'm going to do everything for it. And I just know that it's not going to be forever. And I'll learn my lesson. I'll be more disciplined on the other side of it. The whole thing, even though it was very painful, I felt like it was made less bad by the fact that I just knew and managed to tell myself this will be over soon. That's right. That, that always helps. Matt, your brother, and his wife came down Monday and we went out to eat and we're talking about different pains and aches and such. And dad was telling, dad was telling this story about the first time when he had a kidney stone and it was so painful mm. and he was, you know, in utter despair, as you say. And, um, and then the second time it happened, he knew what it was and he was a little calmer about it. And he he knew as soon as he got something for the pain, he would be better. Mm. But the thing that makes me laugh about that is that when I fell down the stairs two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. You know, when we came home, he kept saying, uh, where's that pain medication? Don't throw that out. <laughs> uh. 
It was like, well, could I keep it for a little minute here? Because I yeah. might need one. But he he had his eyes on it just in case he would need it. So that pain really uh, made an impression on him. I He's like House. That's what I'm trying to think of. You know, wasn't House was addicted to Vicodin, right? Yeah, that was House. Right, right. House MD, by yeah. the way. Hugh Laurie. Great show at the time. I'd say check it oh, out yeah. on DVD if you want, but I feel like maybe it's one of those shows that didn't really age well, and you'd go back and oh, look at really? it. Oh, really? I wonder. Because you know, Mom- I think it did. You think so? Well, I wonder if we should take another look at it sometime, because- um, I don't know if you were into this show, but Anna and I really loved Boston Legal, the David E. Kelly show. Oh, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. Uh, James Spader and William Shatner when it was on. Yes. And then, like three or four years ago, we broke the DVDs out and thought we'd rewatch a little bit of it. And it was just like, what? What is this show? Like, it just seemed so dated and so. Um, really oh, simple. So it was. It was disorienting because we thought this was a. Uh, smart and snappy and, and it was. fun show. It was. I mean, we were really into it, but it just, you can't go back with that one at least. And I wonder how much the clothes, you know, because if you watch House, everybody has, for the most part, either a hospital gown or a doctor coat on. And I think sometimes the clothes drag you back to a period of like, oh my God, who wore that? <laughs> Well, we all did, but you forget. Maybe, but people watch Friends and Seinfeld and The Office, and that doesn't really come up. You know, there's some. I feel well, like that's the, true. I feel like David E. Kelly makes shows that don't that don't really stand up a few years later. I think that his sure. shows depend so much on some ineffable um, zeitgeist that he taps into that. And I had this after this experience with Boston Legal. I watched. Did you watch Pretty Little Lies? Um, did you watch Big Little Lies? <laughs> that's, that's what I meant to say. Uh, I watched about five episodes of that show. Okay, Pretty Little Liars <laughs> is the other is the other show I was thinking. Oh, about. right, right, right. It's, yeah, that, they're very right. different shows. But anyway, as as I was watching. Big Little Lies, I just felt like this show was going to age like milk. And in five years, you're going to look at this and just, even though it doesn't feel like it at the time, yeah, there's something about David E. Kelly in particular. You know, also, um, I've been watching a lot of old movies. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And yesterday it came down to dad and I said, everything's been written. It's all, you know, you you look at these old movies and I've seen the same movie four times sure since then so you understand what i'm saying oh yeah that, it, that it, it's the same plot it's just you know these people speak like this and you know these people speak like they're from the inner city and but it's all the same story i yes. don't know yeah i want to see the so, first one that you described that sounds like a good one how do they talk <laughs> these people speak like this Oh, yes. We are oh, having a, a movie motion picture film. <laughs> oh, 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 how fancy and wonderful. You sound just like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but I, I think you should give House a try because I do think uh, I, I did watch it all again about three years ago. And still enjoyed it very much. Okay. Three years. That's pretty recent. 
Um, I will not yeah. be watching it again anytime soon, but I'm glad okay. that you have. So my piano finally arrived yesterday. I don't know if I've talked Hallelujah. about this on the podcast, but yes, um, you have. My um, my grand piano that I've had since I was what twenty. Oh. Eighteen. Did you get it in high school? High school, maybe. Yeah. Um, it's a it's an old Steinway, nineteen seventy one. I looked it up. Um, the piano was originally made in nineteen seventy one. I love it, and I've been I've been playing more piano lately, and I finally decided to move it out. And so I've spent the, it's taken much longer than I expected, and I've spent the interceding months prepping the basement, sort of creating a basement practice room. I put audio panels up on the wall. I ordered this special sound curtain that I would hang so I wouldn't disturb everyone upstairs while I was practicing. Um, just everything was just perfect. You've seen the pictures of the empty space where I have it. A lot of prep has gone into this. Yesterday it finally comes, and I've been anticipating this day for so long. I thought felt started to feel like it would never come, but my piano has been refurbished, tuned up, perfect. It's ready for me. The movers take one look at the stairway down to the basement and say, this is impossible. We cannot get it down there. Oh, wait, they didn't even try? They didn't even try, no. Um, they took out a tape measure oh. and just went, and they were like, we cannot get it down here. And I said, well, but they... I measured everything, and they told me to measure it. Here's the deal. There's an overhang at the bottom of the basement stairs. They told me to measure the clearance uh, under that overhang, and I measured straight down because I was thinking of, like, clearance for a person. But a piano is not a person, and you have to measure diagonally to the actual closest point on the staircase. Um, and that was the oh. measurement that they actually needed to get the piano down, uh, to determine whether the piano could get down or not. So I had unwittingly fed them bad information. Um, the irony is that a couple months ago, Anna asked me, so how exactly are they going to get the piano down there? And I said, oh, they know what they're doing. Don't be ridiculous. That is the <laughs> easy part. Well, so I'm standing there and they're just like, we cannot get this piano down here. What's your plan B? And I said, well, look around like this is the this is plan A, B and C. Um, so I have a piano in the living room now. And it looks gorgeous. It looks great. Um, not really what we had in mind, um, especially not what Anna had in mind. But she was very gracious about it. But the moral of the story is um, measure twice, move in huge, heavy piano once. <laughs> I'm surprised that they they couldn't maneuver it. Well, as you can imagine, I was quite surprised as well. But enough about Chicago piano matters. Uh, the important thing ha is happening in New Hampshire this week. Well, it's all over now. It's all over. Bernie Sanders, congratulations. The new <laughs> president of New Hampshire. Honest to God. What are people thinking? Well, let me just tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you this story, and this is how my day started. <clears throat> I went to the post office to mail Leo and Eve a valentine, Aww. and I came out, and a neighbor was just coming up, and I said, have you voted? Yes, she had voted, but she told me that she voted, and then she got in line to leave, and of course, when you leave, you have to go past the bake sale and yep. the library discarded <laughs> books and oh, yeah. make a purchase everywhere yeah. to keep everything in the town running 
smoothly. So she was in line waiting to get up to see what was available. And there was a man, four or five people ahead of her. And he said, Bernie Sanders wasn't on the ballot. I wanted to vote for Bernie and he wasn't on the ballot. Well, he went on and on for a couple of minutes, she said. And she finally said to him, did you have the Democratic ballot? And he said, oh, I'm a lifelong Republican. He said, I always vote Republican. Yeah. So I thought, well, now Iowa was a crap show. And now New Hampshire has people that don't even know how to vote. Daddy and I were on the Internet the night before trying to figure out who really votes in this. And I'm very confused that there was a Republican ballot. What was that all about? Well, there's a Republican primary, too. It's a technicality, but it does happen. Well, we could not figure that out. Fortunately, I'm registered as undeclared. Yeah. So in New Hampshire, you can just go in and quickie register and then unregister, right? That's right. Makes for a lot of monkey business, honestly. As you saw. it keeps them, it keeps the clerks busy. And, uh, you know, when they bring in the free pizza, they've earned their keep. <laughs> keeps the clerks busy. That's you think this is just all a scheme so that the bureaucracy of the New Hampshire network of small towns is propped up. Yeah, I, I get it. Well, I do sort of think this whole thing is silly. I mean, people are dropping out of the race now, but you're in New Hampshire where. And this was made uh, uh, quite a point, if I may. You know, we're largely white. Yeah. We're not. Who are we to speak for the whole country? Well, and not and it's not just the I mean, the whiteness thing is sort of the superficial gloss on it. But having spent decades in New Hampshire, the two of us, I think we can also attest that um there's a lot of weirdos in New Hampshire, and the general Lots. vibe of New Hampshire is, I'm a weirdo, leave me alone, right? I mean, the license right. plates say live free or die, so right. it's, they're not exactly subtle about it. And yeah, it's crazy that this, it's as crazy as Iowa is in terms of just like, okay, we're going to decide. I love the way you said it. People are dropping out, and you kind of want to tell them, wait, wait, it's just New Hampshire. Right, right. <laughs> This is not the South. This is not uh, a progressive <laughs> state yeah. where where we can be a little backwards. Don't don't base your life on what we said. Um, I'm I was stunned that people dropped out. I was very surprised that Bernie made a showing. But I think you know. Then I drove through New London and I figured, well, these people all just voted for themselves, <laughs> right? Right? What, what What do you mean? Oh, because they're well, they're just all old white men, and it, it's a it was ridiculous. They're they're pulling out in front of you. Nobody's signaling. They're all frantic to get a parking space. It was like old home day with old folks. It was ridiculous. They up voted there. for the, themselves in the person of Bernie. You mean? Yes, yes, that's what I yes. Got it. Got it. Well, I, I think just, that fella you heard who's a lifelong Republican, it sounds like he was starting to trying to start trouble. 
And this is a thing, too, is because, you know, Bernie gets people's blood pumping. So a lot of the Republicans are trying to fan the flames of Bernie to get all the Democrats at each other. It's not such a terrible plan, you know, and I think that sounds like that guy was pretty open about it, even if um, he fell down in the execution thereof. That he did. That he did. And then, you know, I'm saying New Hampshire, we're right next to Massachusetts and Vermont. Okay, so I see Bernie's popularity. Um, He's been on the ballot before. Yeah. He has name recognition. That sort of thing. Yeah, he's from the next state over. He's from the area. Right, right. But so is Elizabeth Warren. And she was, when we went to bed, was coming in fourth. I don't know how she ended up. That's right. But what what does the media have against her? Uh, um, She's too boring and nice, I think. Um, It sounds like you were a Warren supporter. Is that fair to say? You don't have to disclose it, but I'm just asking. That's who I voted for, yeah. Um, it's who I would have voted for, and I hope I still have the chance to vote for her. Cause, uh, but she's just—I mean, her policies compare them to Bernie's, and they're pretty close. And that's the whole thing about this primary. It's all about heightening mm. the contradictions and the differences. Mm. But I just think, like, she just seems like a decent person. And I, every time I see her asked a question and she answers it, it sounds like she just sounds like a normal human being who knows how things right. operate and wants to help people. Um, is she a little dull? Yeah. And you know what I want in my government? A little dull. A little dull. I know. Wouldn't I welcome that now? Oh, my instead God. Of the, yes. Yeah, instead of the nuclear accident that happens every day. Every day. I, yeah, but I just think um, I, we're not good enough for Elizabeth Warren. We don't deserve her, is basically how I feel at this point. Well, I don't understand why she's getting short shrift in the—are in the, uh, are you telling me Bernie's bombastic? I mean— Yeah, well, yeah, he is. Have you seen him? <laughs> yes, I have. I mean, bombastic maybe not, but he's pretty salty. Well— and then, and then this this Pete. I think you know everybody says, "Oh, there's my grandson. I'm going to vote for him." There's, my... you know, because yeah. I don't understand what he's getting all the votes for. My God, I don't get it. I don't get it. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. Well, it sounds like you did a pretty good job, and you know what? There, any of them's going to be better than what we got. So let's not stress out well, about I it know. too much. I do stress out about it because I feel like I need to make an impact, yeah. but yeah. I didn't. I didn't make a difference at all. I just muddied the the playing field, and I could have just I could have stayed home and voted for one of my guinea pigs, and and it would have been the same thing. Well, if you look at it that way, that's true of any election. You did your best to get informed. You gave the candidates a fair shake and you made your pick. That's your job. You did your job. I know, but, you know, I feel like uh, I didn't pick the right person, so I didn't help anything. Yeah, but I'm saying you did pick the right person because you put thought and research into it. So, but, but that didn't matter. That didn't (laughs) matter in the last, it didn't matter for this election and it didn't matter in the last election. You know, I have a friend, oh, I don't want to go there, but in the last election, we didn't come together because we thought Trump was such a joke. And now, you know, we just need to come together with somebody that's not psychotic. 
Well, I guess that's a tough bill yeah. to fill. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want much, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't want much. I just don't want this. But I feel like it's important to get on the right team to make that happen instead of everybody saying, well, I like what he says. I like what she says. We need to get on the same team. Well, there's time. There's time for that. Don't worry. Really, okay. there is time All for right. that. And the media is trying to make you feel like every step of this process is pivotal and tense. And, you know, the thing with Iowa is we don't need to know the results of the caucus the same night. I mean, that was a mess and they fell down, but it's it's fine that we don't know these things immediately. But the media is all set up for this big election night and let's go to the map yeah. and we've got 20% of precincts reporting. You know, they're all set up for that. So when that couldn't happen, they were just like, how dare they? How dare they, these Iowa Democrats? They were yeah. so furious to not have their their big programming moment that it, we just had to act like this was the the downfall of democracy. You know right. what? Who gives who gives a shit? Like, even if the Iowa caucuses, we never know. Like, it probably doesn't matter. And it's just not that big a deal. It's just not that big well, a deal. Well, that's what I'm saying about New Hampshire. And and let me tell you this story, Johnny. There's one station that we looked at had a map of New Hampshire, and then it uh, broken down into all the little counties and how they voted. And so here's the map. And you know what, 150 counties or something. And they put in all the, the, the aqua blue ones. And then, and then they add in the sea green ones. And they all, everything looks the same. Yeah. <laughs> and then here's, here's a gray one. And oh my God, it was the, it was horrible. It was just, it was just laughable. But I guess because they didn't want to use red, Anyway, uh, that's what happened yesterday. Wow, yeah. Okay. The last thing I have in my notes is that Tom and Jerry is 80 years old. Now, have you ever watched Tom and Jerry? They were on TV a little bit. Uh, yeah, when I was a kid, they'd pop up every once in a while. Not my favorite. Not anyone's favorite, really, I don't think. Well, I used to like them back in the day, but of course now they're, they would probably be deemed too violent. <laughs> Yeah, you think? I mean, this is the this is one of the main inspirations for Itchy and Scratchy. I think people probably know Itchy and Scratchy better than Tom and Jerry at this point, wouldn't you say? Yeah, probably. If you don't know, Tom and Jerry are a cat and mouse, um, and that's the entire premise. And the mouse just um, finds violent ways to thwart Tom. But not as violent as Roadrunner. True. Still. I don't think I ever saw an anvil on no. Tom and Jerry. No, no anvil was ever dropped. No um, Acme Roadrunner rockets. Explosives. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, were... yeah. Rocket skates and stuff. Yeah. Rocket skates. That's what I was trying to come up with. Yeah, good. Uh, so you just you just wanted people to know that. Is that why you yeah. put it in? The... Okay. Yeah. Tom and Jerry, 80 I years know. old. A bit of a you who was made in Chicago fun fact, but um, I'm glad we put it in the rundown nonetheless. <laughs> Shall we move along to Lego Masters? Okay. Okay. This week, Mom and I are talking about Lego Masters. The Lego brand of plastic interlocking bricks has become a mainstay of modern childhood with its line of 
Charming Toys and its lucrative line of Hollywood-produced commercials for those toys. The latest such commercial is Lego Masters, a reality competition hosted by Will Arnett, in which a handful of plucky teams compete to be the finest Lego put-togetherers the network television viewing audience has ever seen. And the best part is, if it looks like fun on TV, you can try it yourself by purchasing Legos at the store. That's right, you can buy Legos. Wow, here's a clip. We are Latino, we're Puerto Rican, so we did awesome food. People playing the guitar and they're having a good salsa dance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. You guys have so much enthusiasm. It's so awesome. Yeah, I agree. You're good storytellers. But when you're giving me a roller coaster that goes halfway, I feel half impressed. And that's the details that we really need you to elevate to get to the level of LEGO Masters. Okay. LEGO Masters airs Wednesday nights on Fox, and it is also available to stream on Hello! Mom, are you still in love with LEGO, or is it time to let go? Oh, I hated this show. <laughs> okay. Um, paint the picture for us. S- so sad. Well, it's a, a bunch of teams, uh, two member teams of all, you know, best two best friend girls and uh, two husbands or what I, you know, it's not that I am discriminating. I just could give a rat's ass. That was pe- two couples, two. <laughs> there were two weirdos who'd never met in person before. Um, there was a guy and his father. <sighs> who uh, seemed totally bewildered to be there. And <laughs> so they come to, they all come into the competition and they are given a project to build. What I expected was that we would get to see the different teams uh, strategizing a bit. Let's build this and some sketching, uh, some color work, uh, some design work, I guess, just in general is what I was expecting. But it seems like, no, you just run into this room with every color Lego and start pulling stuff out no matter what your harebrained scheme is, whether it could work, have you ever built it before? Do you know the different mechanisms that we will need to make this work? It, it seemed very sloppy as far as planning. And then the building, which I thought we would get to see some of, is there's so many groups to look at that they're just sort of flashing you through each group. Will and the Brickmasters, Jamie and Amy. These are official Lego employees who judge the competition. Who judge the competition, right. And they make a visit to see what each team is doing. And they don't really offer much. uh, And that's what the whole show is. They don't offer much. It's very bland. Um, I do not uh, understand where Will Arnett is coming from. I think, I don't know if he's snotty or sarcastic or he feels like he's a B-list person and this is really beneath him. I don't know that he was such a good fit for this. Well, I mean, go ahead. I'll take the Will Arnett stuff first. I 
Okay. Will Arnett played Batman in the Lego movies, right? He was a big part of both of those movies. And so he's playing off that persona, which is also kind of the Will Arnett persona, you know, kind of cocky. And uh, yeah, uh, sometimes he played dumb. He, he kept saying like, oh, we're on a reality show. I don't know. I don't know how to host a reality show. Oh, yeah. I, oh, we're talking. We're yeah. two strangers talking to each other. Isn't that weird? Uh, there was a lot of that. And there was a lot of, I'm really good at this. Oh, yeah, I'm the, I'm the best host already. Um, and I yeah. am charmed by that only because I love Will Arnett. Mm. And I at least, and I'm Mom, when I say at least, I mean it, but I at least gave it credit for being an idea for a take on the reality show host role. Like the sort of self-aware, okay. cocky, but also not very good at it reality show host I mean, the, the thing is, is that he was making the jokes, but otherwise, like, going through all the typical motions of being host. So it was a little weird. Like, you know what I mean? And who were the, who were the jokes for? Because none of the contestants <laughs> nope. are listening to him. They're all doing their thing. So and, true. You know, so I'm at home here, and I think you're being snotty. So I'm not amused by that. Who are you doing your stick for? Uh, yes, uh, that's a, a great observation. It really does feel like he's playing to a bit of an empty room because he is. I mean, they cut in the shots of the judges politely laughing, but um, yeah, I think Will Arnett's doing pretty good for himself. And I think we were just seeing, basically, we, we were watching Will Arnett do pretty good for himself. This is the long and short of it. Um, well, I I do like Will Arnett. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I do like him. I think he's, and I think he has a fantastic voice. I, you know, I get that part. This show for me, just, it needed, there was no tension. There was no, you know, who wins, who cares. And then. <laughs> who does and care? Then, yeah. Who does care? And then nobody goes home. You know, we don't know anything about these people, you know, that are they saving baby squirrels and, you know, staying up all night feeding them, or are they wife beaters, or, you know, there's just nothing to care about. I think that's why they don't kick anyone off, but um, because you don't really care about them yet, so why waste a, uh, you know, a kickoff I'm on not going to care about them next week either. <laughs> well, mostly because I'm not going to watch them next week, but I wouldn't care about them next week. There's, you know, what's, what is to pull for what's to like you built something with legos you know when i was at your house leo was building a clock tower yep i'm more impressed with what he puts together the color combinations what he's attempting to do you know if you come on as a as a lego master i expect to see something that's really going to wow me. Well, in fairness, they're aspiring Lego masters. Uh, I think you're giving the actual creation somewhat short shrift. I mean, the timber, um, Timberland, uh, the one with that tall uh, roller coaster that ultimately didn't work at the moment of truth, unfortunately. Right. But um, right. that, like, even that moving part aside, like, so detailed. Um, the space one, just, I thought some of the work was really incredible. But... You did not get a feel, as you said earlier, you did not get a feel for the creative process hardly at all. And I was no. just, I was really thrown by that watching this. 
um, because Lego is all about, oh, make stuff. You know, you, you can make anything you want. Your imagination yeah. comes to life with Lego, right? Like it's all, right. this is the message that they push. Um, is it a little bit BS? Sure, but I think it's mostly truth. Like you said, Leo loves to build with the Legos. Eve does too. And, you know, I love to see them, the crazy ideas they come up with, and I love that they can bring them to life, right? So why doesn't right. that sensibility infuse the show at all? Instead, it's just cookie-cutter reality show drama. I'm here to win. Oh, I'm yeah. the I'm the cute guy with an accent, and I'm old, and, and oh, I'm, I'm just so happy to be here. <laughs> like, all of this, these <laughs> stupid characters we've seen a thousand times before, and the stock lines. I just, I forget what show we were talking about where I said, like, the reality show machine just pooped out another one there, and that's what happened yeah. here. Just like, pfft. Here's your reality show. This one's Lego themed, but there's none of none of the ethos of Lego to the extent such a thing exists is present in this show. It's just standard, yeah, flashy and expensive reality show production, but really standard. Um, and if this was my uh, talent with Legos that I could build to run into a room that's filled with every shape, color, uh, and mechanism available. Well, what's the challenge? How about everybody gets this pile and now let's see you build the same thing? Because it's very difficult to compare uh, apples to apples. And when this, when, when this particular build all came together, it's all on the same table and it really looks like a swap meet. It, it was very difficult to appreciate each piece. And so I didn't. You know, if that's your if that's your specialty, well, here's a room with every single thing you could imagine or want or need. Now, wow me. Well, what? I'll tell you what wows me is that here's 15 army green pieces and, you know, here's some brown and a couple of yellow. Uh, now build me an Easter theme. You well, know what I mean? Well, they may end up doing something like that. Who knows? Um I, I hope they send me an email if they do, because I'm not watching. Um, but I think that the idea, especially on this first episode that was so heavily promoted during the Super Bowl, oh. um, the goal was to create a Lego Wonderland. So they're not going to restrict people's um, the palette with which they can paint. They wanted every bit of color and they wanted every piece in there. So that they could shoot those little, I mean, when they're panning across each land um, with the, you know, and they sometimes they knock out the backgrounds and they sort of CGI in something that makes um, the Legoland they've built look even more spectacular mm. and otherworldly. And I just think this is the same stuff they were doing with toy commercials when I was a kid. Like, this is a 1988 toy commercial I feel like I'm watching. Just the camera work and the super bright lighting and the fakiness mixed with the actual toys. It was all, I mean, my intro was facetious, Mom, but the, there's some truth to it in that it was all set up so that they could shoot those commercials. So, no, they're not going to give them 12 army oh. green pieces and say, see what you can do. They want people to fall into the fantasy land of Lego. So yeah. we'll see what we'll see what happens down the line, except we won't because neither of us is going to watch any more of it because you're no. right. The challenge was really dull. I thought it was cool that they had the uh, 
eight-piece table that split apart, and then they come back together, and it's all one amusement park. That was nifty, but didn't it even felt like you never got a great look at anything? That's what I felt like. And also, on the Great British Baking Show, when you have to bring up your showstopper, is it? Yeah. Uh, whatever. But, you know, it has to maintain itself until it gets moved. Now, that's also part of this show, that you have to move it from where you've built it which makes sense, but except why does that have to be part of the challenge too? Because it's another, it's another moment. It's just, they just build these shows in blocks and you build any show in blocks, but it's really, Mm. it's really transparent here. And in most reality shows, I would say like you have the, so they're going to move the things and no matter what happens, you know, that's going to take up 30 seconds of show. Even if Mm. it's, even if it's the most orderly, you know, Sunday school setting up for service um, type operation, (laughs) totally dull. They can edit it together to make it look like it was, whoa, whoa. So that exists to create 30 seconds of, whoa. And the whole, I mean, I'm just jaded at this point, Mob, because I just, I cannot watch one more montage of five minutes left and then they're just cutting together a million different things that people are doing who knows when they were doing them you know when you see five minutes left and you see this montage they're cutting together footage that could have happened at any time so i'm just sitting here basically i'm sitting on the couch like waiting for this to be over there's no suspense in it for me because i know it's all just sort of fake drama and i've realized mom that when i watch these reality shows most of the time, I'm waiting for get for them to get through some standard piece. I'm waiting for them to yeah. get through the piece where everybody's lined up and has to stare at the host. Too much of it is too standard, and they had yeah. an opportunity, given the subject material, to do something more, and they chose not to. Exactly, exactly. How about let's have banana peels all over the floor while they're <laughs> uh, carrying their creations to the table? I don't know. You missed something, your calling, something. Mom. Yes, I love that. I guess so, yeah. This is just too formulaic and done poorly. Totally formulaic. Yep. So that's the, what about my, the most painful moment for me was the moment um, when they're about to get into the competition and Will Arnett had the whole time has been like, oh, look, uh, look at this reality show. Whoa. Can you, can you believe it? Oh, isn't this the coolest? <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's like, you know, Legos are so meaningful to me, and I just want to say how special it is for me to be here, everybody. And I was just like, what the, <laughs> what is happening all of a sudden? And it was just like a 15-second interlude of Will Arnett expressing his deep love, like suddenly this profound personal love of Lego and how much they mean yeah. to him, and then it's just back to like, whoa, boom, explosions. Like the tone, they they couldn't quite <laughs> nail it down at times, I felt. But I just cringed so much when he was waxing nostalgic over the over the Lego brand. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, and the, and the, on top of all that, everybody loves Legos. That you yeah. don't even really <laughs> have to right. sell them. That's I mean, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. All right. What's your grade for Lego Masters, Mom? F. I give it an F. Oh. Not an F minus. And it deserves every... Wow. (laughs) Wow. I'm speechless. (laughs) Okay. You got a a recommendation this week, Mom? Well, I have to tell you the truth. This is why I really don't have a recommendation. Oh, oh, I forgot to ask you before we started, too. So I... Yeah. 
All right. And I'm going to tell you why I don't. Okay. Because uh, uh, in full disclosure, I am a bit of a germaphobe. And with everybody coughing and hacking, I'm afraid to go to the library and bring home germy books. <laughs> Mom, all the books are thoroughly sterilized when they're turned in. <laughs> By who? By who? Can you? I, don't... I can just picture people licking their fingers and turning the pages and coughing into the pages and sneezing, and I just don't want to bring that home. I don't think germs live very long on books. No. Oh, I don't know, because when, when you were in the middle school, the a team of nurses came in and took swabs off everything, and the phone in the in the office, main office, that all the kids used and everybody used grew the most grotesque stuff in the Petri dish. So I think germs can live on those things. Well, a, a phone is pretty frequently used. I just feel like a book at the library is pretty safe. Well, just because you feel safe, I don't. Well, well, that's a tough life. So... um what, we have to wait till the end of flu season before the listeners ever get another recommendation out of you? You've been should we just cut this segment entirely? <laughs> no. No, I do have a, a book on the nightstand that I'm ready because also I have been reading uh, a lot of fluff that I wouldn't really recommend, but the world has felt very harsh through through the days. So I've been reading fluff like stuff like Call Nurse Millie, who is a midwife in 1950s England. Stuff like that that I really wouldn't recommend, but... Yeah, sounds pretty gripping. Yeah, it's not, but it's very soothing. And with the demise of our democracy, it's been a a good thing to fall asleep to at night. Uh, If you don't have a recommendation, how about a little... I always stumble over the word recommendation. I've noticed that in the editing. I always stumble over it. Why on earth? That's funny because you know what I always stumble over when I say project one way, (laughs) runway. That's a hard one. Oh, my God. I used to have to say all the time, given my line of work, project runway reviews. I never made it through that one intact (laughs) at full speed. It's really hard. Um, In any case, if you don't have a recommendation, how about a little uh, listener mail? Oh, we have listener mail? We have a little bit of listener mail. Uh, First of all, from uh, Anastasia, a uh, loyal listener. She writes in response to my uh, Galloping Ghost Arcade uh, anecdote last week. And she says that the Galloping Ghost is quite an empire. She says that not only is the the arcade and the pinball uh, building that I mentioned, but just uh, down the street from those two buildings is the Galloping Ghost Martial Arts Gym. Um, which I oh have, I have also glimpsed as I as I drive by. So Anastasia just wants everybody to know that um, if you're in Brookfield, Brookfield, Illinois, the Galloping Ghost Empire can keep you busy all day. Yeah. I also have a uh, message here. Uh, remember our conversation about things that change status? Um, yeah. Almost instantly, boarding pass was the original example. Um, and yeah. then people, uh, because it's so valuable until the moment that it's it's then worthless. And people sent in other examples. What were some of the other examples people sent in? SAT scores. SAT scores. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, um, 
So this is from uh, Luau Harakovitz. I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. Um, I'm sure you're not. Luau writes in, uh, she says she's putting in a late reply on what totally loses its value after a certain point. I just paid a last payment on three dance costumes that are as much as a plane ticket, and they will be discarded (laughs) in the bottom of my daughter's closet after May 17th. I remember those days. Oh, Lord. Dance costumes. That's a pretty good one, huh? That's a good one. I feel for her. Thank you, Luau Harakovitz. You know who you are. Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. What are we going to talk about, Mom? Oh, definitely something interesting. Definitely something interesting. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. And hey, we love to get email. It's popmom at ological.net. Talk to us about anything. For example, the price of your kids' dance costumes. There's a good one. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again (laughs) next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too. Love you, too.